A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. What is going on, everybody? My name is Michael. Welcome back to episode number two of the 5050 Football Podcast. Alongside me here, I got my friend Mason. Say what's going on, everybody. What's going on, everyone? It's Mason back for episode two, ready to go. We're pumped and uh, moving on with our uh, divisional divisional series here. Uh, but Mikey, I think, wants to get into a little bit of hot news out of some training camp. Yes, sir. Training camp has begun. Football season has officially started. We are into already day one. We're hearing a lot from a few camps, specifically the Jaguars. Um, there's a lot coming out today about Trevor Lawrence lighting up the Jaguars camp. And I think it is finally time that he is about to break out in the NFL finally, because last year felt like four years with freaking urban Meyer, but we're going on the Trevor Lawrence train Mace. What do you think about the receivers? You know, I, I've always liked Christian Kirk as a player and it seems like whenever he's kind of gotten a chance, he's done something with it. And I feel like he was just kind of a little underutilized with the Cardinals. Um, So I don't mind him, but I am hearing that Zay Jones is getting the ball pumped to him in camp today. Anytime Lawrence is ripping that ball out, it is going to Zay Jones. And a lot of beat reporters are even calling him the X receiver already. So that's intriguing, especially with the value you're getting him at in fantasy right now. It's something to keep an eye on. And obviously, if the reports keep coming out like this, his value is going to go up. He's going to get start getting drafted earlier. But as of right now, he seemed like a great value for fantasy. Yeah, I'd agree. And I think maybe in you know, those late rounds, he might get pushed up in that 13-round area. But I think yeah. as of right now, the guy to target is for sure Christian Kirk um, and maybe LaVisca Cheneau. But I think maybe Zay Jones could kind of take him out for that wide receiver two spot. Yeah. So we'll... Just- uh, what one thing uh, with with Trevor Lawrence, I, I just want to quickly go back to. I, I was big on him coming out of college, and I really hope this is a breakout. But uh, let's remember, these reps are against the Jacksonville Jaguars. That is a true. A lot, a lot of quarterbacks true. rip up the Jacksonville Jaguars. So well, I feel like we got to take it with a slight grain of salt. Remember who he's making these passes against. But like I said, I really do hope that things start turning up for Trevor Lawrence. I loved him as a prospect. I still I still do really like him as a prospect. But let's just uh, keep that in mind that he is playing against his uh, lowly Jacksonville Jaguars in these training camp sessions. I would agree, Mace, but 17 for 17 today. That's Yeah, those, those that's are numbers. impressive. Those it's are numbers. Imp- it's impressive. 
Yeah, but uh, yeah. All right, let's get going, man. Let's get going to the divisional preview. All right, man. So let's start with the Green Bay Packers. So another disappointing year last year, to say the least, for the Packers fans. Um, the biggest news the offseason is the obvious, the Devontae Adams trade. Yeah. Um, replaced by Christian Watson, Romeo Dubes. Uh, two receivers they took in fairly early. Uh, Christian Watson, the earliest. However, they're not Devontae Adams. Not even close. Um, what do you feel like Aaron Rodgers is going to do this year, Mace? I think from an NFL perspective, Aaron Rodgers is going to be Aaron Rodgers. He's going to be probably a top three quarterback and they're probably going to win 12 games and they're probably going to lose to the 49ers in the playoffs at some point, just like they always do. But uh, I think we're going to see a very different offense. We saw it a little bit. I don't, I can't remember. It was two. It would be three years ago now, I guess. Um, when we had Aaron Jones kind of break out and Jamal Williams kind of break out and they were a much more run heavy offense. And I think we're going to see that, that type of offense come back. You look right now at their depth chart in the passing game. Like you said, they've got rookies, Romeo Dupes and Christian Watson. Christian Watson's on the pop already. You've got Alan Lazard, Randall Cobb, Sammy Watkins. You go to the tight end room, you've got Robert Tunyon also on the pop already. So these potential receiving threats like Christian Watson and Robert Tunyon already on the pop. And in an Aaron Rodgers offense, that's really bad. You know how important chemistry is with Aaron Rodgers. It's the reason Marquez Valdez-Scantling never turned his large opportunity into anything. If you're not vibing with Aaron Rodgers, he's not going to throw you the ball. He's not going to trust you. And that's my concern with Christian Watson as a player specifically. Uh, But when we come to the offense as a whole, I think Aaron Jones, AJ Dillon are both going to be very, very viable options. Mm -hmm. I think they're going to be pounding the rock like crazy. They're going to have, I think we're going to see a lot of sets with two running backs even out there. I don't know if you remember, but looking back three years ago to that Aaron Jones, Jamal Williams combo, a play they loved was having shotgun formation, Jamal Williams on Aaron Rodgers, right? And then they would have Aaron Jones in a slot on the on the weak side of Jamal Williams. And they love doing a little option play where they have the option to hand off to Jamal Williams up the gut, and they love to give it a sweep as well to Aaron Jones. So I think we're going to see a lot of that on the goal line, which means a lot of touchdowns for A.J. Dillon and Aaron Jones. And I don't think this is going to damage Aaron Rodgers too badly either. I don't think we're going to see him push 45, 5,000 yards this year. I think he's going to score a lot of touchdowns still though, because ultimately they still like to throw the ball when it gets close to the end zone and he's still going to score touchdowns. Um, so I still think Aaron Rodgers can be solid. Maybe doesn't have the upside in the type of offense they're going to run, but yeah, Aaron Rodgers, he'll be solid. Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon, I think are both going to be great. They're both going to get their touches. They're both going to be efficient. I obviously still lean towards Aaron Jones because of that pass catching potential. Um, But then in the receiving room, I don't see a single player here that I'm really interested in drafting. Uh, Romeo Dubes, I've heard some good things coming out of camp on him. And he might be worth a real, real late round shot, like we're talking last round. Um, And then Christian Watson, if he gets off that pup list early, and has some time to develop some chemistry with Aaron Rodgers, could be great. But I see a lot of running 
in this team's uh, in this team's scheme this season. And I think it is going to be mainly a run heavy offense that you're going to want to stay away from pretty much everyone, but Aaron Jones, AJ Dillon and Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, I would have to agree on the receiver part too. There's no guy here that I really want. I mean, maybe if Alan Lazard slips to a later ADP than what he's at, but I think he's even being a little bit hyped up right now. Um, I just want to talk about one guy on this team that you already mentioned, Mace, but um, Aaron Jones this year, I think is going to be the biggest beneficiary from the Devontae Adams trade. Yep. Um, I just have a stat here from the last two years. From 2019 to 2020, Aaron Jones played in seven games without Devontae Adams. Do you want to guess how many fantasy points the average per game is? Is this half point PPR? Uh, yes, yes. In half point PPR over seven games without yeah. Devontae? Seven games without Devontae. I, I'd i want to say, I'm going to say 16. 16 points per game. 26.8 points <laughs> per game. So this is a wow. guy here um, that, again, you can't look at this as an over-sustaining stat over a full season. This is just seven games from two different years, two different seasons. But you kind of got to look at this with a little bit of optimism because he might get six to seven catches a game, like at least per game. And what May said, that that play is going to come back and a lot more with it. They're going to run a lot of double RB sets. They're going to run a lot of him, Aaron Jones, in the slot. Um, I think A.J. Dillon's going to get a lot of the goal line work, though, which kind of sucks for him. But I think Aaron Jones, just for his PPR value and half-point reception value even, is going to be worth taking him a little bit higher than his ADP. Uh, I think right now he's like around 24, 23 spots. That's just about the end of the second round. I could see you even maybe taking him middle of the second round. Uh, if you don't want to take a risk on those kind of RBs in that area, Javante, Saquon, you know what Aaron Jones has done before. Um, if there's no injury risk and you kind of just got to take that stat into play because 27 points per game is a legit stat. And I think that that could be really utilized throughout this whole season. Um, you can't look at it, like I said already, as a full season kind of thing, but you got to look at that and be that that guy could be a full year league winner at that second round spot, especially if you go receiver in the first, maybe you're in that four five, six area, you go copper Jefferson um, or even chase. If you're really high on him. that could be a guy you really target for a safe floor on the way back for that upside in the first round you took. Um, and I really think that he could have a great year. And I think even AJ Dillon will too. Yeah. And, I think when you look at kind of the guys around Aaron Jones, there's no safer option there. Uh, even when you go up a little bit in the rankings, Aaron Jones is seeming like the safest floor. Maybe maybe you got up to Nick Chubb, who's going as RB10 right now. Nick Chubb, to me, I maybe would prefer floor-wise. But everyone else, you got Barkley, Kamara, Fournette. Uh, you got Cam Akers around him. Yeah, James Conner. We've got a lot of risky running backs in that mid to late second, pushing into the early third round. And I think, like you said, it's a great safe play with a high floor with that high upside with the Devontae Adams departure. So I think it's a great mix of safety along with that upside, which comes with the additional receiving that he's going to get this season. I guess the only concern would be an injury. 
he is getting a little older now and he's been a large part of this offense for three seasons at this point, three, four seasons. Mm -hmm. And he is, he is a smaller guy. So we could start to see him get a little roughed up. That would be my only knock on him. Um, But aside from that, I think Aaron Jones is a great value right now in that late second round, especially compared uh, to the running backs that are also going in that area. Yeah, I would agree. I think Aaron Jones is a must target if you're in that area and receivers. um, Like we said, maybe Alan Lazard, if you got a little bit of a slide on him. Uh, And for dynasty purposes, you got Watson and Dubes. I really like Dubes. Personally, he's not as athletic as Christian Watson, but like May said in camp, uh, Aaron Rodgers actually already did praise him and Samari Toure, the seventh round pick. So you're looking at two guys in the later rounds that you can probably get if you haven't done your dynasty draft yet, compared to maybe having to spend that first round value on Christian Watson because of the Aaron Rodgers train. So I think we can uh, move on from the Packers now. I think we covered them pretty well. Uh, The next team we got here is the Minnesota Vikings. And I'll let you start with this, Mace. Yeah, the Vikings, they're they're a little boring to me, to be honest. Their depth chart seems so cut and dry, and it feels very obvious as to what to do with almost every relevant player on this roster to me. You look at Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins has been the same player his whole career. He's going to be a solid fancy backup. Um, wide receivers, you know, you have, you have Justin Jefferson, to me, a lock the lowest you could say he is is wide receiver three this year i don't think anyone could argue that he would be outside of your top three coming into this season so there's not too much talk about i feel in terms of the wide receiver room adam thielen again he just is what he is he's going to be a solid pass catcher as long as he stays healthy he'll be a serviceable flex option wide receiver two um the running back room we're looking at the same thing dalvin cook He's going to be great. He's going to put up first round numbers unless he gets hurt. And what's going to happen? He's going to get hurt. And it's going to be the same thing as we've seen the last two, three years. Alexander Madison comes in slightly less efficient, but for fantasy purposes, he's going to get it done. So I think we're going to see a lot of the same of this offense, but kind of the bright spot for me, or I'm seeing some fantasy value because again, because this offense is so obvious to me, or repetitive is maybe the better word. It's kind of been the same thing year over year. I feel like there's not a lot of fantasy value in this roster, but where I do see some potential fantasy value is Irv Smith. Mm-hmm. We know for a fact, tight ends take longer to break out. Irv Smith was drafted very young. I believe he was 20, maybe 21. Yeah. He just he turned 23. So he's just turned 23 now. Yeah. So he was drafted when he was 20 out of Alabama. No tight end comes out at 20 years old and does much unless you're Kyle Pitts. But Kyle Pitts is, he's a different tier. A unicorn. Yeah, yeah, he's hes different. Uh, but you look at Irv Smith, when he's played two years ago, he started heating up at the end of the year. He started building some chemistry. And you're looking at the tight end 14 right now in ADP. Mm. And I get there's a lot of tight ends there that are kind of worth the shot. But I'm looking at the guy, like David and Joku's around him, Noah Fant, Robert Tunyon. So those, it's kind of those four are sitting all in the 14 to 17 range. You go through Robert Tunyon already on the pop. David and Joku has been terrible at football his entire career, and for some reason, 
is getting hyped up because Cleveland front office is terrible and gave him a massive contract. <laughs> that is the only place we're getting any David and Joku hype is the utter lack of any football knowledge coming from that Cleveland front <laughs> office. The, I I'm, I could do a full episode. Save it. Save it for the division on, preview. On, on that save contract. It. But anyways, David and Joku's terrible at football. Don't draft him, please. And then you go to Noah Fant, who's going to probably the worst offense in the NFL this season. Yeah. So I don't see how you can pass up a 23-year-old tight end who was drafted very highly. They took him in the second round, I want to say. And the second, yeah. I think it was like 50, 50, yeah. Yeah, second round in 2019, they drafted him. So this is a tight end that they gave draft capital to. They've waited out an injury on him. They didn't bring anyone else in. The tight end two on this team is Ben Ellefson. Ben Ellefson. Number three, Johnny Mutt. Do you even? I do. I don't. The only reason I know these, these are, names these are mad creative players. <laughs> I yeah. I only know these names because I'm looking at the depth chart. So Irv Smith is the tight end on this team. I think Thielen's getting older and not going to produce the same. Maybe Justin Jefferson is the only receiving option that I can see really taking over on this offense, and he's going to. But every team needs at least two, three guys that are going to catch the ball. And I mm-hmm. think there's a very, very good chance Irv Smith is one of those other options that Kirk Cousins falls in love with, falls in love with this season. Yeah, I totally agree with Irv Smith. Um, there is one other guy in that tight end range that I'm also very high on, and he actually happens to be in the same division. Uh, so we'll get to him when we get to the later teams. We'll get to the Bears and we'll get to the Lions. But as far as Irv Smith goes, uh, came out today that he's actually fully healthy in training camp. He had that knee thing, I think, at the end of last year, a meniscus thing. Uh, but now fully ready to go. He's 23, just turned 23. Um, Minnesota's transitioning to a pass-first offense. I agree with Adam Thielen. He's getting up there in age. Um, there's not really a number three there. I mean, if you consider K.J. Osborne, uh, you can say yeah. that, but I think Irv Smith will be the number two pass target. Uh, the number two will obviously be Dalvin Cook, but um, as far as pure receivers go, I think that Irv Smith will be the guy there. And I think that he's if you t- if you don't take a tight end until the later rounds, I think you you smash the Irv Smith play. Um, and as far as he goes, you just kind of got to hope that he turns out. And I, I I'm a big fan of him. And uh, as far as Justin Jefferson goes, like you said, beginning of the fact, he is the clear-cut three. Uh, you could even debate him to be the number one receiver this year. Every year, he's somehow gotten better, even though he started off amazing as a rookie. He got better last year. He's going to get better this year. And they're even making it a more pass-first offense, like I said. He is going to be an absolute monster this year. It's crazy. You can I've been seeing videos on all over YouTube, social media, labeling him as a league winner. And he is being as drafted at the four or five. So people are coming a league winner and he's being a top five pick in fantasy. So that kind of just shows you the ceiling that this guy, this guy has. And he, I would not be shocked if he gets an upper echelon of 14, 15 targets a game uh, in that offense. So I agree though. It's kind of a boring offensive team. They didn't really add much besides offensive line. Um, they added some guys, but it's kind of a boring fantasy team besides the obvious two guys. Uh, but, like we said, Irv Smith for sure. So now I think we can move away from the Vikings a little bit. Um, the Vikings aren't that impressive offensively, um, but we can start with the Bears. 
Um, and I'll let you take that away, Mace. Yeah, so Chicago, uh, I'm not too in love with. And honestly, that stems from, from Justin Fields. Uh, I remember last season doing my analysis analysis on the QBs and Justin Fields was my quarterback five of, of those, those big five. And obviously none of them are looking great right now, but I just personally do not think Justin Fields is a good quarterback. And I don't think he's going to be, I think guys like Zach Wilson, Trevor Lawrence, they still have a chance to, to flatten things out and to become viable or maybe great NFL quarterbacks. I don't see it with Justin Fields. Um, his deep ball is super overrated just because he can throw it far. Anytime that he was hitting deep throws in college, it was against low tier defenses. When there's little separation, he doesn't get it done. And the only wide receiver on his team right now that has shown an ability to get that separation that Fields needs to deliver a pass, it's Darnell Mooney. Um, so Mooney, I'm okay with because I think he's a good enough player to get open enough for Justin Fields to actually hit him. But anyone else in this pass catching game, I have completely off my board, not even worth touching. Um, and it goes, goes into the, the tight end room a little bit, but where I kind of differ with the tight end, tight end room one, I think Cole Komet's a super talented guy. And I think that's who you're alluding to earlier in this, uh, in this podcast. I think Cole Komet's a super talented guy. And I think Justin Fields, if he's going to be somewhat successful, is going to have to learn to just pass to his safety blanket. And I think Cole Komet would be that guy. You're not going to use Darnell Mooney to do that. You're not going to use Velas Jones to do that. You're not going to use By Byron Pringle. These guys are all downfield guys. I think if you're going to have a safety blanket, it's going to be Cole Komet. And I think because of that lack of separation we're seeing out of their wide receiver room, excluding Darnell Mooney, if Fields is smart, he's going to have to be making a lot of those checkdowns to Cole Komet. So Cole Komet could have some value, especially in tight end premium, because I can see a lot of games where he goes out there, eight catches, 58 yards. I don't think he's going to be a high uh, yards per reception guy, but just kind of those short little six-yard dump-offs in the middle of the field that Justin Fields is going to need to be somewhat productive and somewhat efficient. Again, I don't like Justin Fields, so maybe maybe this analysis is completely off and he breaks <laughs> out, but I don't see it happening. I think it's going to be Darnell Mooney if he can create separation deep, and if he doesn't see that, he's going to be dumping it down to Cole Komet. So Cole Komet's a very interesting uh, tight end option, especially, like I said, in tight end premium where you're getting a full point per reception. Um, running game-wise, Montgomery's going to be Montgomery. He's going to plot down the field. He's going to get the carries. Uh, unless he's hurt. It's just one of those circumstances where I think it's a low talent running back in a high volume role. So he's always going to be solid. As long as he's playing, you're going to be plugging him out there as your RB two. He's going to get you 10 points. And if he falls into the end zone by chance, he'll maybe get you 18, but nothing special in this offense whatsoever. Just the value of Cole Komet right now, I do like in, in tight end premium leagues that'll value what I think will be a high volume role, but again, very inefficient. Yeah, I think I might actually have to disagree with you in the running game. I don't mind David Montgomery where he's being drafted. I think some of the guys in that area kind of are a little bit weaker, um, and I'm not really high on Montgomery's talent per se, but 
I think that with the volume there, I think that he's actually pretty worth at that spot. Um, he's not that bad of a receiver. And I think that just if you combine both production and kind of on that team, they're going to be down a lot. Um, their defense, not very great. It's not the Chicago Bears defense like it used to be. So they're going to be in those late situation games and throwing a lot. And like you said, Field is going to have to use the safety blankets. And that's going to be A, Cole Komet, and B, David Montgomery. And I think you're going to see a lot of these dump-offs to Montgomery late game because of them trying to catch up. And you were right. Cole Komet was the guy I was alluding to. Um, he's being drafted very low, I think. And um, I just – I kind of see this breakout happening now. And yeah. It's tight end yeah. 11 right now. Tight end 11 yeah. going in the 10th round. Yeah. And and people kind of think that he's not an athletic tight end. And I don't really agree with that. I, I remember him at the combine and he was like jumping over tables. Like he's an insane vert. He's not that fast, but you kind of expect yeah. that with taller, bigger tight ends. And he's not like we mentioned the unicorn. He's not Kyle Pitts. No one will be Kyle Pitts. But he has that size and kind of that sneaky athleticism that a lot of these tight ends that we've seen before kind of break out have. And I think last year we kind of saw it in glimpses that he was a decent tight end. And again, this is a guy that's 23. This again is the same age as Irv Smith. And these are guys being drafted way down draft boards as far as tight ends go. And there's guys above him, which I don't know why, like, I'm not sure why in this area that I would take Mike Kosicki. I'm not taking Mike Kosicki over Cole Komet, Robert Tunyon. He's kind of a tight uh, TD hog. I'm probably going to take Cole Komet too. So as far as Cole Komet goes, if, if you don't take a tight end early, if you're not a person that has that range of taking Kelsey, Andrews, Kittle, um, Waller, Pitts, you, I would just wait for these kind of late round tight ends. I'm very high on Irv Smith and I'm even higher on Cole Komet. I Cole Komet in pretty much all my leagues last year. It didn't work, um, but I didn't expect Justin Fields to kind of suck that bad, but I can't put all the blame on him. Uh, head coach and offensive coordinator were a little bit of a mess that year. And I think that this year he'll hopefully kind of stay in the pocket more, use the safety blankets, be a smarter quarterback. And I really, really hope that Cole Komet breaks out because he's a very, very talented player. So, so you're, telling, you're telling me if, if your league gives bonus points for jumping over tables, Cole Komet rises big time for you. I think that they should <laughs> add that just for Cole Komet. In that case, he is the tight end one, but he, he is a, he is an, a sneaky athletic guy. And I'm a huge fan of him. Yeah. And I'm, he, he is. Yeah. Yeah. He ran a, he ran a four, seven in the combine. Yeah, it's not bad, um, man. And then, you know, I don't love the 40 yard dash uh, for, for judging game speed. I know, but, but Mace, he's six, look six, at, 260. Yeah. And you look at his in-game speed score, which is kind of his top speed. He gets, gets up to in games and his burst score, which is said it's acceleration. It's how quickly he's getting up to yeah. that speed. He's in the 83rd percentile of all tight ends in speed score and 88th in burst. Mm -hmm. So he does have – it's because he's kind of a blockier guy, I think, that people think he doesn't have that explosiveness. He does. But again, I think this offense will unfortunately limit that. But I, I am still on young Cole Komet. I do really like him as a – if you're waiting on tight end, he's a great option there at right now the 10th round. But I think that's – that's it for Chicago. Chicago. Yeah. I'm not spending more time on the Chicago Bears no. and their no. terrible offense. So, well, let's, next let's team's move. not much better. So, unfortunately, unfortunately, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, all right. Let's move on, Mikey. Keep it rolling. 
Let's yeah. get let's get out of Chicago land here. The Detroit Lions, <laughs> a back to back rough season for them. Um, not much improvements, I would say. I think their defense got a lot better though. Um, I really like Aiden Hutchinson. I think he's not as high as a prospect as Trayvon Walker, but I think that he's a kind of a day one guy. He'll come in right away. He'll be starting right away, and he he does have a decent amount of potential. But he's not that athletic freak that uh, Trayvon Walker is. But I think that as far as defensively, they kind of improved a lot. Offensively, uh, they drafted Jamison Williams, but as we know, he tore his ACL last year, so he's very unlikely to st- play the first few weeks. Uh, they signed DJ Chark, who also was off an injury last year. Um, so these are kind of guys that we just don't know about. The one guy we do know is Amon Ross St. Brown. So what do you think about him, Mace? I, I'm not huge on Amon Ra. I think the fact that they traded up and spent the draft capital on Jameis Williams that they did kind of shows that the Lions don't view him as a as an ex receiver, as a wide receiver one in this offense, which is always concerning, especially after he went out and put up ninety receptions in his rookie year. Mm-hmm. I think he's gonna be solid, especially like you said, Jamison Williams has massive, massive question question marks all over him this season. I think Williams is a great receiver that yeah. has super high upside in the future. But for this year, I'm okay with Amon Ross St. Brown. I don't think he's going to repeat because I think that hot finish to last season is not repeatable in this offense. I think that was an anomaly and I don't see Jared Goff supporting a run like that again this season. So I'm not, I'm, and you know what? Statistically, maybe he repeats. I I should correct myself. Statistically, he may repeat, but it's going to be paced out more throughout the season, which isn't going to give you those big weeks that you were getting last year. So I think people are thinking his ceiling is a lot higher than it is because of those large weeks we saw uh, grouped together at the end of the season. I think it's a lot more likely that we see a solid flex option, maybe wide receiver four on your roster that you can plug and play every week because he's getting you eight to 11 points consistently, but I don't Mm -hmm. see the ceiling there with him. Um, Jamison Williams, I don't even really want to comment on him right now just because of the injury. There's not enough information out right now to give a proper analysis on him. So I'm going to skip right over James Williams. We'll update later on in this offseason, but I don't think it would be uh, Fair. And any use to analyze his season at this point. Um, in terms of the running game, DeAndre Swift, if he stays healthy, he's going to be a stud because Jared Goff sucks. And Jared Goff <laughs> is going to have to dump off nonstop. So DeAndre Swift is going to be the only beneficiary of a terrible quarterback room here. He's going to get the ball dumped off to him a lot, and he's efficient with those receptions. Um, His running is a little jaggy still. And I, I remember when he came out of college, he didn't look like a smooth runner to me. He looked very jaggedy. I don't know how else to describe it. He's not smooth. And unfortunately, to this point, that has not changed. He hasn't refined that running style. So I think that's going to limit him on the ground. But like I said, he's going to catch the ball lots and that's going to give him a baseline and then an upside in those games where his running stats do go off. So I like DeAndre Swift. I think as long as he stays healthy, he's more than deserving of his current ADP. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think he could even push into the first round to be honest, right now, I guess he's actually close already. Right now, he's, 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 borderline, he's already yeah. 13 right now. So yeah. he is pushing it already, but I could see him 
the guys ahead of him right now, uh, Dalvin Cook, I could see him jumping to get into that to get into that first round of running backs. Um, aside from that, it's looking pretty solid. But DeAndre Swift is a great option if you're looking to grab a running back in the late first with that upside to be that league winning RB. We never see running backs repeat. Uh, it's always seemed, it always seems to be one of those late first, early second RBs that breaks off. Look at Jonathan Taylor last year. He became RB1. Christian McCaffrey, the year that he broke out as the number one RB in the league, he was a late first, early second option. So I, I can see it happening for DeAndre Swift this year just due to the amount of dump-offs that guy's going to get. Um, but really, anyone else on this offense, Amon Ra, maybe a late-round shot if you really want to shore up your wide receiver room. But DeAndre Swift is going to be the focal point of this offense. And I think, you, again, you look at that, that quarterback room, it's bad. And I don't think they intend to to change that before the start of the year. You've heard some Jimmy G rumors. It's not going to happen. They're going to be terrible this year, and they're going to go get probably Bryce Young to reunite with Jameson Williams. So I see them just pushing through another terrible season, draft the guys that are going to get the volume. That's going to be DeAndre Swift and TJ Hawkinson. Hawkinson is always going to be safe. Again, nothing special, but those guys are going to get the volume, and those are going to be the guys that produce I would stay away from anyone else on this offense except a great value for Amon Ross St. Brown if he happens to fall somewhere that you're liking. Yeah, and I, I agree there. I think that DeAndre's – I think he's actually very worthy of the 13 spot. I, I don't know if I would put him above, above Dalvin Cook just because I kind of just like that offense. There's going to be a lot of room for him to operate with the Justin Jefferson being there, I just think that with that team that he's going to get a lot of checkdowns too. So I think Swift is kind of very comfortable with that spot. But as far as actual performance goes, I think that he could easily eclipse that. I, I think that he's, well, I had him last year as a PPR god. You know, he was getting dump-offs and dump-offs and dump-offs, and that's obviously what led him to get hurt. So that's the only cause for concern. I know you mentioned the injury, and I think that's kind of what you have to be careful for and have to really be ready for. Obviously, you can never predict injuries, but when a lot of volume comes, the inevitable is going to happen, and that's injuries. Um, and, yeah, I just think that with him being there, I think that he's a safe first-round, second-round early guy for fantasy. And besides that on this team, there's not much there that I really like. I'd agree with Jamison Williams. You can't really talk about him yet. We know that he has game-breaking speed, but, again, he's not he's not in training camp. He won't be playing for a few weeks. So there's he's really got just, golf this year. And he's got golf, exactly. Do, and this we, is a do team, we really trust golf to no, produce? No, we don't. And like, we, we know that this team is going to try to tank for one of those two QBs next year. They will get CJ Stroud or Bryce Young. That is kind of just the only thing I wouldn't do is if they maybe just somehow don't get the pick or someone trades up and takes in front of them. But we'll have to see with this team. I really want them to win. I love Dan Campbell's head coach. I think he's great. <laughs> I think that he's kind of revitalized Detroit football. They were in a really bad team and they had a really just few bad years, but I think a lot of people are excited. And I think the last yeah. few years they've really improved. Like I love Penny Suell. And like I already said, I love Aiden Hutchinson. So I, I think they made um, really good picks. And I yeah. think that it's only up from here for Detroit, but this year I still think they do come last in the division. Um, but for Detroit Lions yeah, fans will. out there, don't be worried. You're going to get a generational quarterback in that next year. So it's just one more year. You'll get an actual quarterback. No more Jared Goff. And you guys will be free from him. 
And as far as the lines go, I think that's good. I just got some All stuff right. to talk about at the end here. Um, as we didn't highlight it before, today is officially the day that Jimmy G has been renounced from the 49ers. Obviously, no trade's been put in play yet, but Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch have said to him that they are going to move on from the quarterback. Mace, what do you think he's going to go? Where do you think he's going to go? I think I think he's going to stay on the roster. I don't think anyone's going to be willing to give him uh, anything that's, that's worth the 49ers a while. Having a great backup quarterback is very valuable in the NFL, especially when you've got a guy like Trey Lance who's going to be running. So I don't see them moving him because I don't see any team that actually needs Jimmy G making them a worthwhile offer. Mm-hmm. Every team that needs a quarterback is terrible and not going to win anyways. So they're only going to win themselves to a point of not getting a franchise quarterback in the draft next year. You look at the Lions, um, you look at the Giants, you look at the Falcons. These are all teams that have been tied to them, and none of it makes sense. All three of those teams, you add Jimmy G, cool. Now you win six, seven games. You miss playoffs still, and you won yourself out of a great, uh, great draft pick. So I don't see a movie. I think he's going to be a solid backup behind Trey Lance. Um, but yeah, just to wrap up here, Mikey, let's quickly go over go over our predictions for the for the standings of this division. What are you thinking? Um, I actually might have drop a hot take here. I think the Minnesota Vikings might finish ahead of the Green Bay Packers this year. I, I think I agree. I, yeah. I've, I, I'm thinking I've got Vikings one, Packers two, Bears three, Lions four. And I agree with that. And before yeah. we just send off, and I just before like- we, I, I just want to say one thing because we did a lot of trash in the Lions. I just want to say, I agree. Dan Campbell is the right coach for that job. And I think they've built this team properly. They built the trenches first. They went and they took Sewell last year when there was so much temptation to go get some skill guys. They've got Sewell. They've got Aiden Hutchinson. They added a legit tool to their offense with Jamison Williams. I feel like they have a great foundation They've built it properly, and now they just got to add the QB. Now they're going to have a great roster mm-hmm. with five years of control over a cheap quarterback, and that is going to be their win- their window to win a Super Bowl. And hot take right now, I think the Detroit Lions win a Super Bowl during the rookie contract of whoever they draft next season. Just wow. want to put I, I want to put that, that as a hot take, just, just as some optimism <laughs> for this Detroit Lions franchise. That is a hot take. We'll, we'll see, Mason. Just before we end this episode, we just like to congratulate on a sad note to Chris Carson retiring today from football. Um, great running back for his few years, but he's going to retire to a very sad neck injury that cut his career way too short. Yeah. Uh, so yep. all the luck with you, man. Hope you get your money. And uh, Mason, <laughs> you want to close us off here? Yeah. Thank you, everybody, for listening to episode two of Fifty Fifty Fantasy with your boy, Mikey, and me, Mason. We hope you all have a great day. Thank you so much for listening. Peace out.